Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. All I think about is the him and Mae Young and giving birth to him. Yeah, okay. See, that, I blocked that out. That's <laughs> Right, but my point is if that's the number one thing people remember, why is he in the Hall of Fame? He went on to be world champion. Yeah. They also paid him a shit ton of money, and it's guaranteed for it. 10 years. See, if if I had to see one that I never would have saw coming to be the champion, it would have been Mark Henry. It was really kind of an out-of-nowhere thing. Did I put that in there? I, I want to talk about the worst WWE Hall of Famer one day. Yeah, you put that in there. Okay. That was right underneath Bell Deeford, who you gave for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, by the way, we are. that is a regular segment. <laughs> have you prepped him for this? Nope. Oh. <laughs> nope. Oh, oh, good. Yikes. Oh, I gotta go. I'll see you guys. <laughs> well, when should, should we kick this? Kick it off. Is this 22 now? Yeah. Yeah. No, wait, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because Katie was 21. Any, any famous athletes that were number 22 that you can remember? Oh, 22. Oh, was Emmett Smith. Was he 22? Michael Red. Michael Red was 22. Emmett Smith yeah, was 22. famous. <laughs> Let's right. just skip and go to 23, and it can be Jordan episode. There we go. On the newspaper page and love and tradition of the grand design some people say it's even harder to find well then there must be some magic clue inside hello again everybody and welcome to the ross family oh, matters podcast <laughs> i am hotshot scott williams next bitch. to me is Dick Ross, and across from me is Spade, and somebody must have turtled. Thankfully, I'm downwind or upwind from it. Um, I haven't caught it yet. It's episode 22, oh, and you didn't even have tacos. Episode 22, it's the Emmett Smith edition, and we have a very special guest, as we compose ourselves, who's about to be asked a question that I'm sure he never expected. Derek Martin! Derek. Uh, it's Martini. This was a long topic of conversation at the last RCW show, actually. Forever. <laughs> Forever. It is Martini? Yes. I've called him Derek Martin. Everybody does. Why is there not an I? I don't know. Why don't you change that? Ask my grandma who changed it way long ago. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there was some reason for it. Because, like, real quick, in my family, our one of my on my grandpa's side, they had to shorten their last name to take the ski off because... At that time in Milwaukee in the twenties, if you were Polish, the Germans wouldn't hire you. Very similar, actually. If so I remember should... hearing right, my family last name used to be Martinek, okay. and they changed it to Martini with that spelling. So That's why I understand it. Was Scott Wisniewski? Not on my side. Wisniewski was Wisniewski, but it was the Sukolowski side that changed the name to Lask. Oh. So <laughs> I happen to know for a fact that the Wisniewski side also shortened it. It used to be Wisniewskiewicz. Oh yes, you're right. I, I forget those times. <laughs> Anyway, Derek, it's a gr- it's great to have you here, and we were gonna eventually take this show on the road up to Lacrosse to to catch you there because we wanted to have you on for a while. But as luck would have it, you're in Milwaukee today. I'm in the area. Yeah, we can definitely still uh, hit one up on Lacrosse sometime. We'll have to sit at the steak buffet and do it one of day. Of course we will. I mean, <laughs> why not? Before we get underway and we talk about a little bit about your connection to the Ross family and and some of your background, and then we're gonna dive into the hat. Last show we started a new segment. <laughs> <laughs> and
And, and it's going to be a regular segment. It certainly is, and uh, we're just going to put it right out there. Derek, who you gave for? <laughs> I ain't going to lie. Actually, I had this conversation with my wife. It was Chris Jericho. There you go. Oh, totally. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, and it was very little uncomfort, which is good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it might be different when we have guys like TC. Right. Yeah, TC's <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what he's going to... Oh. Uh, <laughs> All right, I guess I'll, I'll go see what's going on upstairs. Uh, you guys find out how we know Derek. That, yeah, let, let's get into that. So I don't know how long it's been because time flies the older we get, but we've known each other or you've been connected with members of this Ross family for quite some time. Uh, early days of SWE is when I first heard of you guys, and I remember seeing on the original SWE website, Dick the Stick Ross, and I had to message Chris Hansen like, who's that? <laughs> that <laughs> filled me in and met you guys years, at the shows. At least. A lot of people have that reaction when they first hear, who's that? <laughs> oh, I get that all the time. Who are you? Right. Why are you here? Are you allowed to be back here? Take my coat. So, <laughs> obviously, because it's through SWE, you know, you've been involved in the wrestling business. And just let people know a little bit about where you got your start in professional wrestling, why you decided you wanted to do this in the first place, and uh, some of the things you did prior to... Uh, to this day and, and, and us leading, the roads leading to this. Fair enough. Um, wrestling fan ever since I was in high school, obviously the 98-99 area. Uh, started watching WCW. Went Gay. to, <laughs> to uh, my first pay-per-view to watch at a friend's house, WrestleMania 14. Immediately switched to WWF, much better product. And just was a fan for a long time. Started working at a place, Ashley Furniture. Started talking with someone about wrestling there. And they're like, hey, one of the supervisors over here is in that. That turned out to be Todd Gilbertson, Butchie Davis. Oh, okay. He introduced me to a guy by the name of Ace Spade who broke him into the business, and he introduced me to people and started there with his company at the time, New Age Wrestling. Wow. Got the very basics from him, started traveling a bit and meeting a lot of other people and picking up more as we went along. It's cool. I knew that you knew Butchie for a while. I didn't mm -hmm. know that that's how this led you to here. Yep. So, currently... You know, and along the way, I know you, you, you've wrestled and, and been in a bunch of different federations. I'll ask you a little bit more about some of that. But let's talk about your current venture right now uh, because you have a, a very successful product that you're promoting and booking up in the lacrosse area. So why don't you let our listeners know, for those not familiar, what that's all about. Uh, taking it back a little more, I did get to promote a show for New Age Wrestling at the time, which was a benefit for actually the friend who's sisters I went to to watch that first pay-per-view. He passed away and we did a benefit for his family. Ace let me hold the reins on that one book and do whatever we wanted to do. Kind of got a bug for it and helped him with a little bit after that. Um, after whatever happened with New Age Wrestling folding, he's out of the picture. Uh, there was nothing really in lacrosse. So I know Mike Thompson tried coming down and run a couple, didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, my best friend Shay, who is also a wrestling fan, said, hey, why don't we try something out? You know people, I can try to get some contacts down here. And we started Seven Rivers Wrestling, right. <clears throat> right in the lacrosse area. Ran that for a couple of years. Never had a whole lot of success. We had some fun times, but nothing super noteworthy. Uh, my wife ended up getting kidney cancer, and I had to back out. Seven RW folded. A few years later, we said, well, let's try this again. There's still nothing around here. I still had the itch to try to something different, something close to home. Uh, our CCW got kicked off, and it's been going very exponentially over the past four years. If I remember correctly, that also started as a benefit thing. It correct? did. Uh, Cody Davis was the child's name. He has a ocular degeneration disease. He was losing his sight. 
he was a moderate wrestling fan, but they, someone, mutual friend, said, hey, is there anything you can do to help out? We tried that out. Actually, yeah, that started with my friends Bobby and Chris Grubb. Uh, they backed out of the picture and brought Shea back in RCCW, and so the, kind of the band back together there. They're still involved and still very much uh, friends and hanging out and involved with the shows. But yeah, ever since it started the Legion of Lacrosse there, and I just remember them saying that they had had wrestling something there before, which was Ace Spade previously after I had quit working with them. And they're like, yeah, we had it here before. It didn't do too good, but you know, it's a benefit. We'll let you try it. It went okay. They said we'll try it again, and it's been going ever since. And they love us now. So. Well, I know it's been it's successful, and I haven't been involved nearly as much as 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 Jack Spade and Vic Ross, but. I've always had a great time up there. The crowds are great. You know, it's nice to go, and look, nothing against Milwaukee wrestling fans, right? I mean, but I think that this area is very oversaturated, and the fans in some of the promotions sit on their hands a little bit, and they wait for things to not go right so they can kind of crap on it a little bit. I like going to lacrosse. I like the shows they do in Oshkosh, because those fans are there. To just, they want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Like, they want to watch wrestling and enjoy the, the art slash sport that it is, which is really cool. I've always had a great time, and I know these gentlemen can share some of some of those thoughts as well. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're actually allowed to go and we're not banned from the shows, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. we have a really, really good time. Yeah. Well, you know, bands are tough. From time You've to never time. been banned. I don't. I, every time I listen to the show, I'm like, I'm banned. I'm like, you're not banned. And my wife's like, what are you talking about? Because I listen to headphones, so she don't hear it. Oh, <laughs> I want to talk about your tag team, your former tag team partner, oh, no. Josh Callisto, oh, no. who we affectionately refer to as Old Potato Guts. <laughs> yes. But you guys were called Stable Number 12. Correct. Uh, at one point, you cheated the Ross family and Maru out of the tag team titles. <laughs> uh, but how long were you guys a team off and on? Jeez, uh, if I have to go, I want to say 2010 was probably the first time we teamed together. It actually started Josh and another gentleman by the name of Ryan Sachs for Stable Number 12. I got kind of grandfathered into it when we started. When Josh and I started teaming together in American Revolution Wrestling, which was just a small fed that ran behind a bar in uh, Fall Creek, Wisconsin, and just kind of picked up. We started getting, hey, that kind of worked. Let's go other places. Ryan Sachs kind of faded out of it. It was a three-man group for a while, and then Ryan Sachs kind of faded out of the picture, and me and Josh just took the reins and started working quite a bit over in Minnesota and Wisconsin. It was a small company who ran behind the bar. <laughs> Very and small one company. one day they were hoping to move into the bar. <laughs> no, they wouldn't fit in the bar. Uh, so uh, you would know, actually, the bar was run by Jim Gagne from Eau Claire. Oh, okay. I do definitely know him. Um so here's something interesting. We One of the things we all have in common is the fact that all four of us have promoted wrestling shows yep. in the past. Um, he, um, you, you, You're doing it now, obviously, Vic and, and, and Jack Spade. I never did. I, I, hang, on, <laughs> hang on one second. I was never a promoter. I was simply the guy who told people no for Jack Spade. And I only did flyering. <laughs> And then, of course, <laughs> I ran shows back in the late 90s, early 2000s. That actually introduced me to Vic, which then introduced me to Jack. So, but I guess my question is, as now wearing the hat as a promoter and the guy who runs things, how imp- what is the most important thing to have for you to have a successful promotion? Attendance. <laughs> That's accurate. Uh, something, obviously, to bring the people in, for sure. Um for me, it's most important is just like the 
I have to trust the people I'm working with and know that they're not going to go out there and do something stupid, ask if they can use a racial slur or bleed and do whatever else after we've strictly said no. Yeah. Because uh, too many people do go into business for themselves, and I think I've managed to put together a good locker room of people that I can trust and know that they're going to go out there and do exactly what they're told. They'll give me their input, and I'll either say yes or no. Right. But I let them have a lot of free reign, too, and I can trust them to use that free reign without screwing anything up and still putting on a good show that's going to make people want to come back. Sure. I I know Vic and I talk about this all the time. If, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me they could do something for the show, I would have probably retired somewhere. <laughs> right. A long right. time ago. But you still wouldn't have gotten anything done for the show. <laughs> Why, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Tell us about uh, when you run. Like, uh, your next date? Probably not going to air before the show because the <laughs> office is killing us. Yeah, Emmett Riley. But you have a pretty set kind of schedule there. Right. We run the second Friday of every month at the American Legion in Lacrosse, except for July and December. December, we just wanted some time off, have a little break going into the new year. Sure. And July, we confirmed again, we're pretty much going to be at Riverfest every year, so we want to run two in the month there that close to each other. So essentially, you're running about. Just a scheduled dates eleven, and then maybe an occasional pickup along yeah. the way. So pretty solid. I mean, I think if you're running once a month, once every six weeks, you get a steady product. Right. I, I think it's harder when you try to. Do, I, I think the other thing is like you're just like we were when we were doing our own stuff. We we have a regular full time job and family. Right. So it's not like we can run you know three shows a, a weekend in different spots and do that twice a month. It just becomes hard. And again, I think it oversaturates the product. I think everything's going great. I love the product. And uh, again, second Friday of every month, if you're up in the the Lacrosse, uh, Northern Minnesota ish. How much Minnesota uh, input? I'm sure you use a lot of wrestlers from there and. And maybe because what that's the other thing that's unique about your product that again if you're get a chance to come up there from any other part of the state there's guys working up there that you can't see that you won't see in Milwaukee right. that you won't see necessarily in Oshkosh I think that allows it to be a little bit more unique than uh, than again some of the stuff we see in this area where it gets a little oversaturated right Riley and a couple others really like to call our CCW the melting pot because we are right in the middle of three hours from Milwaukee two hours from the cities two hours from wherever in Iowa, and we're bringing up people from all those areas who typically don't get to work with each other. Right. I believe that's how Maru actually got noticed to go over to ACW, and a few over the back and forth. Uh, you guys got noticed to go up to a couple up in the cities for RWA and other ones. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's, it is neat to know that, yeah, there is it is a unique product. You're not seeing the same people working the same people, the same that are working right up the road again. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to let you um, experience the hat in a minute. <laughs> uh, before we do that, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to delve into the fedora, and you're <laughs> going to experience the fifth gate of hell, which is the Roth Family Matters broadcast. So that's all coming up. We'll be back right after. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Hi. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from The 
regular guy gaming podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on regular guy gaming. Check us out. All right, we're back here on the Ross Family Matters podcast. Krav Maga, everybody. We are going to dive into the hat with our special guest, Derek Martini from Lacrosse, from uh, RCCW Wrestling, from a host of other things and credits that we can talk about some other time. And you're our guest, so you <laughs> get the pick from the hat first. So well, good luck. I'm just going to ask you not to look directly into the hat because <laughs> we're teeming with questions. I thought it was going to be like one of those Indiana Jones things, don't look directly at it or your face will melt off. Uh, well, that's if you look at us. <laughs> don't do that. Best and worst comedic actors. Oh. <laughs> well, um, let's start with the worst. Jack fucking Black. <laughs> yep, Jack Black is vicious. I am going to agree and echo that. I'm, I'm going to give an honorable mention... So, for me, the, the, the people I dislike the most are the people that play the same character in every movie. So, Jack Black. Right. Um, so, <laughs> the other one I'm going to throw out there, and I know he's he's very, very popular and highly regarded, Kevin Hart. You can have Not him. funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lane? Uh, I love Chevy Chase. <clears throat> uh, douche. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chevy Chase is just funny. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, we all know. You're well, supposed to be doing worst right now. Oh, the worst. Right, not who you're uh, for. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Yeah, we know it's my right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I never really got into, uh, like, Adam Sandler. Never really did a whole lot for me. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, especially recently. Didn't really like it. I don't right. know anything he did. Uh, not Kevin Hart. Kevin James never... Uh, never... Back just up. picking on Adam Sandler, friends of Adam Sandler. <laughs> Well, yeah. Oh, yes. David Spade's not your cup of tea. David Spade is not my cup of tea right. either. Okay. Except for if he's teaming with Chris Farley, those are comedy gold. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's fair. Especially Black Sheep, the best one. And you're an idiot. <laughs> Does Black Sheep have Dan Aykroyd telling a guy to ice down his marbles with a bucket? Well, now you want to talk about comedic actors I like, right? We well, can. hang on. Before we get there, Derek comedic actors you dislike. Well, he stole my original answer, Adam Sandler, mainly for the past ten years or so, is literally everything, but going along with friends of Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider has never made me laugh since oh, yeah. The Copier Guy. That's pretty... That's pretty the Copier Guy on Saturday Night Live was hilarious. Everything since then, no. Okay, so <laughs> who do you who do you enjoy? What? And we're not talking stand-up. We're talking actors. Right. Talking right. film. Okay, so comedic actors in film, who are um, some of your faves? It could be my current, it could be guys that, you know... You grew up watching. Oh, Eddie Murphy. Sure. Great. And again, again, maybe not counting the last ten years, but uh, 15. <laughs> anything mid late nineties is fantastic. Eighteen. I'll tell you what, he was so good in Forty Eight Hours that he bought a lot of sweat equity and then trading places was great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Coming to America. Like he built up such Golden a child. good resume that even when he started making really bad movies, I still Put him at the center for a while, and then eventually that fits. You're, but yeah, uh, he's Doctor Doom, big fan of Vampire in Brooklyn, were you? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> okay, so guys, you like? Uh, 
Well, I don't know if you really count it as a comedic actor, but Mel Brooks. Oh, okay. I consider him a comedic yeah. actor. He's in all of his own films, yeah. and those are all great, great films. But not Woody Allen, right? Not Woody Allen, <laughs> no. Uh, Bill Murray. Okay. Bill Murray's funny. Bill Murray really likes. Yeah. I know Scott's not a fan. I'm not so. a fan, but there's some things he's he's been in movies that I've absolutely loved. He's fantastic in Kingpin. He's fantastic yeah. in Kingpin. Obviously, Caddyshack. Right. Um, you can even throw Groundhog's Day. How about Groundhog's I mean, how about Day. Meatballs? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stripes. Stripes. Stripes is very good. Yeah. Stripes yeah. is very good. He was hilarious playing himself in Zombieland. I think it was the. Uh, yes. What? Yes. So. What about, so along those same lines then, I mean, what are your thoughts on a guy like Woody Harrelson, who, even though he's been in some drama and action movies, has been in a lot of comedy? Kind of hit or miss for me sometimes. Sure. So, but. So, who do you really like? I'm going to give you two underrated guys. Okay. Okay. And you guys are going to shit on it, but <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Right. This, this, these are things that happen. Yeah. Number one, John Lovitz. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. John Lovitz. Just drop more ass. <laughs> is comedic gold to me. Okay. Okay? You check out, and this... You guys said Adam Sandler wasn't funny after a certain point, right? Yeah. The Wedding Singer? John Lovitz steals the fucking show, <laughs> and he's only in it for two minutes. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, enough. The other one is completely gone because I smoked way too much pot. <laughs> but I definitely had two for a minute. <laughs> so what about Will Ferrell? If we're if we're sticking with, because uh, it seems like a, the connection to a lot of comedic actors, for better or for worse, and maybe because it's been around for forty five years, you can always tie it back to SNL, right? right? I mean, Eddie Murphy, SNL, Bill Murray, SNL, Rob Schneider, Rob Schneider, sure. John Lovitz. John Lovitz. So what about, uh, what your thoughts on Will Ferrell? I like Will Ferrell. Okay. Sometimes he's a little too over the top. Mm-hmm. With, with, like, a lot of yelling. Like, I don't, yelling doesn't necessarily equal funny to me. Sure. Sure. And I think we've talked about this. The early days of SNL, not early days, early days of Will Ferrell on SNL. Yeah. My, I had the same, I'm like, I, this guy's so annoying. Every sketch he yells. But then he kind of refined some of those roles in later years and, and became, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, the singer he does. Uh, Robert Goulet. Yeah, the Robert Goulet Robert stuff. Goulet, blah, 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 blah. His celebrity Jeopardy stuff. He became more versed. <clears throat> same with his movies. Early on, it was the over the top. And it was like, okay. So, again, maybe hit or miss, I think. Yeah. Do, you, um, do you think... Maybe that Lorne Michaels has, like, a gimmick box in the back. <laughs> because I feel like Leslie Jones has that Will Ferrell gimmick right now where she's always yelling. Um, I think Leslie Jones just doesn't have any comedic range. Okay. Oh. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being honest. I mean, if, if you... And I think early on Will Ferrell might not have either. And then you develop that and you kind of you, you grow your chops a little bit and then you can refine some. I don't think Leslie Jones has refined that yet. All right. I don't think it's that different than wrestling. So they all come from a place where they're working with this different crowd all the time. Uh-huh. So they get basically to one thing that works for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe for Will Ferrell with the loud yelling characters. And then they found out over time where you're on something like Saturday Night Live where people see you consistently over a period of time. That doesn't work all the time. So you have to change. Yeah, you could be a lifer like Kenan Thompson for crying out loud. So... <laughs> 
what since we're on, you know, other guys who I, I liked uh, but didn't like them, like Dana Carvey's movies never hit it for me, although I thought he was wildly funny. Um, I think my favorite comedic actor right now is I, I tend to like just about everything that uh, Jason Bateman's in. You know, I tend to be a fan of a lot of his movies. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to agree. <laughs> so, what don't you like about Jason Bateman? But he always plays the straight man. Okay. So, like, if you watch him in something dramatic, <clears throat> he's really not that different from the guy in the comedy movie. Okay. So he's funny by proxy. The people around him <laughs> are funny. But the timing of the straight man is also is very underrated and underrated. I get that. Okay. I'm just saying I don't see him as a comedic actor. Well, there was also that time he tried to bang Ellen Page, who was underage and also a lesbian. What? I, I'm unfamiliar with this. Did you ever saw Juno? Juno was great. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, so Mike Myers is another guy. Like I love his Austin Powers stuff, but mm-hmm. man, his other movies just not. Wayne's World 1? Eh, one. So I Married an Axe Murderer wasn't horrible. He was kind of really down to earth yeah, and like, it was still comedic. I like So I Married an Axe Murderer. I like the first 20 minutes of that movie. <laughs> With the Scottish <laughs> dad? Yeah. <laughs> it's like an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. <laughs> it, it, just, it is kind of amazing, though, the more you think about, again, the connections back to um, sketch comedy. I mean, Jim Carrey... A guy who could be over the top, but he came through from uh, in living color. Like, I think a lot of those improv guys end up turning those into good, uh, successful acting careers. Anybody else you want to throw out there, love or hate, that we might not have covered before we move on? To this? I hate Kevin Nealon. Do you? I do. But so, I love Norm Macdonald. What about, I love Norm <laughs> Macdonald. By the way, I saw an episode of Norm Macdonald. Have you seen the Netflix uh Jerry Seinfeld thing, driving around in cars, getting coffee. I can't do it. I love Seinfeld. I hate Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> I understand I understand where you're coming from. Check out the Norm MacDonald. Okay. Because it's, it's, it's pretty funny. So. Okay. Uh, Norm MacDonald actually has a uh, web show, which is pretty funny stuff, if you get a chance. Okay. I'll have to... Uh, by the way, Mar- he references that in that episode, too. Um, what about Martin Lawrence? I used to really enjoy the show Martin. Yes. And I've seen a couple of his stand-ups, and they're funny. But I'm not even sure he's alive anymore, because I've not seen him in anything in a long time. I think there's a rumor of a Martin comeback of the show. I remember hearing that. that They're going to air it after Roseanne. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let me just throw this out there. Roseanne can... Oh, God, I hate her. (laughs) I hate her, her act, her show, her movies. Nothing. But you love Tom Arnold. No, I'd say that. True Lies was an American film classic. All right? Talk about a guy who's the same thing in every movie. It's just a coked up fat white guy running around yelling Okay, you know why I didn't mention him as as one of the more unfunny? Because he's he's irrelevant. Because he's neither a comedian nor an actor. Right, or a sports talk guy. Right. Like he tried to be for a while on that ill-fated piece of crap that they used to air on Fox. Hey, if you ever want to get drunk, though, all right? If you guys no. watch Bad Boys 2 uh-huh. and take a shot every time the Shake Your Tail Feather song plays in the background, oh, dead. you'll be <laughs> hammered halfway through, and there's a 78% chance that Steve Stardom's going to walk out. <laughs> Will he be in one piece? He wrestled yesterday again. 
Featuring a movie. Yes. Double featuring a movie. Um, do you know what this is about? I, I do think I can I've take a guess at it. I yeah. don't think I've ever done it before. Oh, I've done it all the effing time. You pay for a movie yep. you and you see that. two. Yes. <laughs> so here's how it works. You can jump in anytime you want. Those 16-year-olds don't give a crap about what you're doing in that right. theater. So what I would do is I'd find two movies I'd want to see. And I, you know, I try to be somewhat diplomatic and pick separate sides of the theater so I could look like I was exiting as I <laughs> dip, dip in the movie number two. And I also tried to be um, financially uh, responsible by paying for the movie that I actually wanted to get a higher gross at the box office. So, for example, <laughs> if I really wanted to see this movie, but I kind of maybe wanted to see this one, I'd put my dollars on the one that I really wanted to see so they would get the box office draw, and the other one I'd just rip off and, and see for free. That's once, the most noble criminal act I've ever heard. Once, <laughs> once as a young man, probably 13 years old, I did a triple feature. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was 1989 Batman, Okay. which I paid for. Uh-huh. Robocop, which I wasn't old enough to see. Okay. <laughs> and I, do, I don't remember the third At one. At least Academy 2? It was not. But I was there a long time. And you saw some uh, classic films. I did see some quality films. films, yeah. Well, the thing is, you have to be... The other cool part is, like... Again, maybe I overthought it, but I would do the math in my head to like I know this movie's an hour forty-five, and this one's gonna—I only have a ten-minute break in between movies, so I won't have to hang around. Because what you didn't want to do is see a movie, and then the next one they're still like finishing up, or they haven't cleaned the theater yet, and now you look out of place. I wasn't gonna do any of that. Like right. I was gonna make sure that my and, time was well spent. And you know, now that Derek called it a criminal act, uh, <laughs> I realized that I did that at Point Loomis. Which is no longer a movie theater. Right. So I may have single handedly <laughs> put them out of business by triple featuring. You guys ever get caught? No. Never. Never. I, he's a hundred percent right. No one gives a shit. Uh -huh. Well you can't do that now because you pick your seat. Well it's in some theory. Of, yeah. I guess you could watch the screen and see well, what happens. You have a fucking ticket in your pocket, right? And you're sitting in the seat and someone says, Oh, you're in my seat and you go, Well, son of a bitch, right. I apologize right. for that. Six <laughs> times later. The only time you, well, and, and again, the second movie that I'm usually sneaking into isn't one that just came out that week, right? Okay, so, there's a strategy. Right, so this is the new one that you want to see, and this is the one that's been out for three or four weeks. You're not going to have a hard time finding a seat. Right, right. So, you know, so from that standpoint, the other thing is the only time you get caught is when you're with the dweeb who's like, oh my god, I'm freaking out, I'm going to get caught. Like, relax, you're not getting caught. They don't care. That's a really good Christopher Lloyd impression. Uh, Marty! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Great Scott. So, Derek, what crimes have you committed? <laughs> I'm a goody two-shoes, man. I actually did never do a double feature. I just didn't have the time. For the most part, otherwise I probably would. Sure, sure. I mean, there was a girl in high school that worked at the movie theater who had a crush on me, so I could just go and see whatever I wanted. Okay. Did they also have ten unclean rooms? 
No. <laughs> you can come and see the movie, but you had to help sweep up after. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the bad news. The good news is all the free used popcorn you can eat. <laughs> Yikes. I did take a garbage bag of popcorn once. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's terrible. All right, well, that was double featuring a movie. What else do we... You want me to go? I want you to go. Far. Don't be looking in there. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. So it begins. Uh-oh. We already covered who you gave for, so <laughs> okay. this is going to be one of my favorites. Okay. okay. Harley Hellcat uh-huh. warns Scott <laughs> that Grease 2 is the same plot as Grease. Okay. I, but <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a lot there. Harley Hellcat. Right. Well, you you, you got the... Uh, so oh, you didn't add that part. <clears throat> well, I can't do it. Read it again Give me my fucking bit. All right. Harley Hellcat warning Scott that Grease 2 is the same plot as Grease. Okay. I get it. Oh, oh man. Scott. <laughs> Scott. You're not going to believe what I just figured out. So, so I'm sitting in the house, right? It was me and Doug Dale. Me and, me and Doug Dale, we made some sandwiches. <laughs> me and Doug Dale, we made some sandwiches, sat down on the couch. Grease 2 was on TNT. <laughs> Maybe it was TBS. I don't know. My head's swimming right now. Anyway, we started watching it. And I realized it's, a, it's, it's the same plot. It's the same plot. They just, they just, they just flip-flopped. And, and, and the girl was American. And the guy, the guy was a foreigner. <laughs> it's literally, literally the same movie. I don't mean to alarm you, but I thought you should know. <laughs> okay, so for reference, Harley <laughs> Hellcat is a guy that we actually, when we were doing Rebels of Wrestling, was part of our, he was a wrestler slash ring crew slash helped, really a good hand, right? Bailiff. Yeah, he played the bailiff. But, so we had an angle where Judge Jesse had a masked convict, and the bailiff was the manager, and the convict was being held against his will. And Judge Jesse would let him out of the clink only if he would tag with him. And at one point during a double down where Judge Jesse would be down, the bailiff or the convict would try to escape and the bailiff <laughs> would have to bring him back. Anyway, Harley Hellcat was a great dude. He also would let us know things that he found out, especially like... A little bit of a stooge. A little bit of a stooge for the office, sure. So that's the context right. of... That should be a regular bit. <laughs> <laughs> Harley Hellcat warns them What's Harley them. Hellcat saying this week? <laughs> yeah, he was kind of the office stooge. Yes. He, yes, we used him yes. for that as well. The Brewers, the Brewers cut you fine <laughs> I couldn't believe what I saw. <laughs> Remember, he's the guy who did inform us of the 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 coup that was happening when somebody was going to try to steal their ring. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so he was the office. Someone tried to steal the ring? Yeah, it was. Uh, some of the wrestlers were going to, that were trying to start their own thing, were going to revolt and try to take our ring. Because it was out in an outdoor training uh, So, anyway. <laughs> I have selected most memorable fan experience. <clears throat> now, I don't know if that means our experience with a fan or as a fan. Sure. Um, well, let's cover both, then. I'm going to start out with a couple as a fan. I think the first 
one I remember was the first time in 19, it was 1985, I was allowed with two of my buddies to take the bus downtown for an AWA show without parental supervision. So that was a big moment, you know, 14 sure. years old, getting on a bus for the first time, and my mom being worried about the fact that we were going to be busing through the third ward, even though we were going to be on a bus and it wasn't going to get attacked or taken over like Judgment <laughs> Night, but nonetheless... And it, I remember the show uh, very, very well. And I remember uh, the main event being the High Flyers Okay. at the time, taking on two of Sheik Adnan Al Casey's fine, fine wrestlers. One of them, and it was supposed to be Jerry Blackwell and someone else, but he didn't make it, so they put a masked dude in a hood and called him a Russian. And he was managed by Sheik Adnan Al Casey. And then there were other, some other great men. I remember seeing the Freebirds on that show and... Steve Regal, not Lord Mr. Steve Electricity. Regal, Mr. Electricity <laughs> Steve Regal, a young Kurt Hennig still before he was the AWA champ. Uh, it was a great time, but it was the first time I could go on my own, with, you know, and, and so I remember that. And I also remember my WrestleMania moment. Sadly, it was the worst WrestleMania ever, aside from one match, and that was WrestleMania 13 in Chicago. It's the only one I've ever been able to attend. It's on my book. I and that was before we had the fan experience and the Hall of Fame and the NXT show and all the things that now are part of WrestleMania weekend. So it's still my endeavor to get to WrestleMania. I'd love for them to do one in the Twin Cities now that they've opened up the new stadium. So, I'm in. Yeah. Good. And then then we'll book that when it happens. So I'm looking forward to getting to a uh, WrestleMania weekend, but. Those are my two that I think stand out from being live. And then, you know, we were, we've talked about this before. We've been at pay-per-views before, uh, Super Brawl in Milwaukee yep. and uh, a couple of the... King of the Ring. King of the Ring. Um, I was at one of the main events here. It was the one where Sid turned on Hogan. Okay. So that was cool just because, you know, like, hey, it could have been on TV. But I think the two I referenced were my two favorites. So mine... The one that I remember very well, near and dear to my heart, I saw a matinee at the Mecca, no, the Bradley Center, okay. the Bradley Center. Uh, half of the roster didn't make the show, so they gave us a, quote, very special battle royal, Oh my! which consisted of all nine wrestlers on the card, <laughs> oh my. and was won by Brutus the Barber Beefcake. The reason I remember this day so well is because after the matinee... Was it a snow day or something? Like, was there a reason that people didn't... I show? think there might have been flight problems, okay. but it wasn't for like in our city. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so from there, we left and went all the way over on Layton Avenue, ate at Denny's, went to the Skyway Cinema, another shout-out to a dead movie theater in Milwaukee, everybody... <laughs> Saw most of Pretty Woman, because that's what fit into the schedule, got back on the bus, down to the Mecca, and saw the monster trucks. Oh. All in one day. That's that's quite a good uh, And then a close second is the very first main event at the Bradley Center in 89. Oh, the Savage. The Savage yeah. Turn. Yeah. It was their first televised show from the Bradley Center. They put the TV camera in our seats. They <laughs> comped us two front row tickets. Nice. If you can find it's the on w network, hang on. We're in the corner, <laughs> so you don't really see me. Okay. But if you can find the WWF magazine from that year with that story in it, 
you can see me very blurrily behind Hulk Hogan and Elizabeth in my rock and Iron Maiden t-shirt, brother. <laughs> very, very, were you with us when we saw Van Hammer walking downtown? No. Okay. That was a, it was either a pay-per-view, it was a pay-per-view. I don't remember which one, it was a WCW pay-per-view. And in it, Van Hammer lost his match, and then he was walking downtown with his shirt off and his guitar over his <laughs> it was very, very bizarre. And the other kind of cool thing before we go back around is I forgot this one. I was at a WCW event. It might have been a house show. And afterwards, we were hanging out in the back where the wrestlers come out. I'm not an autograph guy. It never happened. I just figured I'd hang out there and watch. And yell things at people. <laughs> yeah, right. But what was kind of interesting, and I obviously I've known wrestling as a work since I was 13, but... It was kind of cool to see the heels, which at the time were uh, Michael Hayes, come out and high-five the crowd and tell... And then the faces, who were the wild-eyed southern boys in JYD, tell everybody to fuck off. So it was nice. uh, kind of an interesting uh, uh, turn the page there, but... Uh, <laughs> Junkyard Dog needed to get to his MLK Drive to get his crack, so... Yeah, probably. <laughs> wow! <laughs> come on! Bad experience. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I didn't... I've only ever been to Taboo Tuesday Ooh. for, like, a pay-per-view Okay. in the area. Uh, in fact, that might be... No, I've seen two Milwaukee wrestling shows, <clears throat> and Taboo Tuesday was one of them uh, from WWE. Uh, a memorable fan experience probably would have been my first show, the Powerhouse show, that I got on a bus from St. Francis with my friends down to the east side. Miramar? To the Miramar. Yep. Uh, was that when uh, Mike Thompson's leg got stuck in the seat? Was it that one show? of them? Okay. I don't remember if that's the very first one, okay. but uh, so, all right, we're gonna throw that in the hat. No, we're not. <laughs> all right. Um, so that was interesting. Got to meet a lot of people. Got to meet Jason Dukes. Uh, obviously, Will was down there yeah, doing yeah. the Dudley Boys gimmick. Um, got to see a lot of guys. They let us set up the ring. Oh, well, that was an honor. Yep. Uh, they let us get in the ring. Okay. As 13-year-olds. <clears throat> was Googly there? I don't I don't know. Okay. It's, it's over half my life ago. can't Googly. Come on. <laughs> I don't even know who Googly is. The fan who always did this. Yeah. The large black gentleman who always wore Oh, he was in Allenton. Yeah. I, no, I don't think he was at the... He didn't make it He didn't make it to the Miramar shows. Okay. Couldn't find his way. Uh, I also got to go to some of the Ring of Honor shows down in Chicago. Okay. Those were always very, very cool. Um, we usually got into the third or fourth row. Did there. you go? To, were you in the Ring of Honor show when Aries took on uh, Kobayashi? No, I don't think so. To me, to, live that was still the best match I've ever seen live. I, I went for the the third of the Joe Punk matches. Okay. So that was a pretty decent match. Um, where they almost went the time limit because they went to two time limit draws, and then the third one they probably went about 50-something minutes and then finished. So that was pretty good. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So. Derek? Uh, so probably the very first independent show I went to was at the Treasure Island Casino in Red Wing, Minnesota. There, like I said, there was no indie wrestling around lacrosse, so I took the two-hour drive up there with a few friends. It was Steel Domain Wrestling. Uh to be honest, I can only remember a handful of the people that were actually on the show. Red Lightning, because I did later meet him, found out he was part of one of them. Yikes. Uh, Lenny Lane was the champion for him at the time. I wasn't expecting anyone that had been a name at one point. Was Danny Dominion on that show? I can't remember off the top of my head. It's good that you didn't expect that, because you still didn't get it. <laughs> <Right? 
and then Tracy Smothers made a surprise appearance at Ugh. the show, and that still didn't. Matter. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, anyway, it was, it was just neat interaction, and uh, I talked to someone after just saying, "Hey, can I get in the ring?" Me and my friends, they're like, "Yeah, sure, just don't bump." And of course, you know, younger me, not in the business, like, "Oh my God, inside turn!" He, you know, yeah, right. super fanboy, right? Mark right. Out and got in and felt, and I was just like, "Okay, this is cool. I want to do this." <laughs> so, do you remember the first time as a kid, like the first? And you maybe you don't remember the match or the show per se, but the first time you saw professional wrestling on TV or live, do you remember what it was? I don't remember what company it would have been, but I know it was Moondog Spot. It was probably a tag match with Rex, but I remember it was Moondog Spot, and I remember I was at my Aunt Rosemary's house and they had it on TV. I feel like it had to be the WWF. Probably. Yeah. Uh, in this area, at least. For me, it was AWA stuff, and um, the to me, but the, the the switch got flipped, not live wire. When <laughs> my dad, my dad, and mom got divorced. My dad was living in Pewaukee. Milwaukee still didn't have cable yet, right? Pewaukee <laughs> did. The first time I saw the NWA Saturday Night stuff with the Horsemen, and that to me that was a, so I liked the AWA. I fell in love with wrestling watching the the NWA Saturday night, the Jim Crockett promotions. So that, to me, if it wasn't for that, I don't know that I would have ever stuck around and even gotten involved in this business. So, right. yeah, I think I had an <laughs> uncle who showed me wrestling in the early 90s when I was really young, um, but I didn't really get to it, but I had some of those old little, the WWF guys that had like the the action. Oh yeah, the Hasbros. Uh, yep, in the, in the little blue <laughs> ring. Yep. That you could, but I still wasn't a big wrestling fan. Uh, I think it was 96, or right after Hogan turned. And oh, I, was flipping, yeah. I was flipping the channels and came across Nitro, and I think I got pulled in there and started watching some of that stuff, and that was really where I, the genesis of me watching wrestling came from. I'd say right around the same time, same thing, WCW. I had heard of Hulk Hogan. I heard my sister was a wrestling fan when she was younger. She even had a Frisbee from some... House show that was autographed by Ric Flair that she had oh my. floating around. Yeah. Yeah, but she erased it. She had a lot of Papa one too, actually. She had both. But um, right? <laughs> no, I remember just randomly channel flipping, coming across it was Nitro and seeing Hulk Hogan was a bad guy, and having heard of Hulk Hogan being this great good guy, just like wait, why is he a bad guy? And just kind of sat for a second, and seconds turned into hours, and sure, I had to make it a point to watch every week. Yeah, that. Well, it's it's cool that we can remember that. And again, without those first um, introductions, like this, none of this would be happening. So, if you're listening, you can blame all of what we just told you on why this is, show is even. <laughs> yeah, so. fuck you, Moondog Spot, you prick. <laughs> all right, what's next? We didn't do fan interactions of us. Oh, okay. Well, let's do that. Uh, for me, it would be everything ever with Kyle Roberts Graham. <laughs> When the show was going on, that old lady hated my guts. <laughs> she would hit me. She gave me the finger. <laughs> she had to be railroaded away from the ring. <laughs> but as soon as that show was over, I might as well have been her grandson because she was sweet as pie, ordering drinks. Jason Allen's a pussy for ordering a fucking rum cha-ta as she's <laughs> drinking straight-up tequila. But yes... Everything with Kyle Roberts' grandma is aces with me. Um, for me, I think it was right after my first heel turn in Rebels. Well, my only heel turn in Rebels, but my first time being a heel. 
And it was somebody related to Tommy Courageous that came to the shows all the time. It looked like a dad or an uncle. But he always wore, like, fatigues. Like, fatigue pants or, like, yeah. an army shirt. That was actually Byron Defoe. And I wasn't Byron Defoe. <laughs> and I remember I got him. He, he'd get so worked up when I would cut a promo that he just wanted to, and he just really wanted to get at me. <laughs> so I started calling him Salvation Army because I told him <laughs> the only army that would ever take him would be the Salvation Army, and he hated my guts. So the story is, I ended up running into him at Romines or somewhere. It had nothing to do with wrestling. And he was still fired up and still actually wanted to kick my ass because I referred to him as Salvation Army. Did he still have the pants on? Probably. <laughs> Probably. I'm telling you, it was Byron Defoe. <laughs> nice. Uh, favorite one to this day, I was working... Uh, IWI show for Enix Xavier up in the cities not too far from the now Rip Metrodome. And uh, <laughs> it was literally the week after the Packers had beat the Vikings. And Ian told me, go up there, just say you're from Green Bay, you'll get heat, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, that's boring. Let's spice this up. I had purple and white gear. It's the, first, it's the first and only time I've ever worn it. And I go out in front of that crowd and I'm hemming it up. Like, I haven't been here in a while. It's great to see you all. I'm happy to see you. I wore this for you. You finally get to see someone in these colors win. Uh -huh. The whole place went silent. <laughs> I start cocking a little more. I turn, and there's a little old lady with a cane and a Viking sweatshirt right next to the ring. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know exact words, something along the lines of, you're going to be dead way before the Vikings make a Super Bowl. Great heat, lost. She bought me a drink later. The old ladies just, they get into it, she man. She probably is dead. Most likely not. So, <laughs> it's funny, though, that, and, and I know that Jack Spade's going to weigh in here in a minute. It's funny that, because it really didn't happen to us, per se, but it happened to, uh, our buddy Angel Armani, um, and actually to Sunny Beach, the Racine Mexican Fest shows always led to some sort of a brouhaha. Yeah. <laughs> like every, we did it four years in a row, and every year there was an international incident. <laughs> well, it didn't help that one year I threw tortillas to the crowd, <laughs> and then they threw them back. Yeah, and it was the year that I told uh, one of the kids there that I, I don't know why he's at the show. Isn't there a liquor store that needed to be robbed? I think that was... <laughs> But the Armani, the guy pulling the knife on Armani, yeah. that is, oh. <laughs> yeah, that was a classic, a classic Racine Mexican fiesta. What did that sound like? He's shooting on me. The fuck guy's shooting on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Honestly, and, and Chaos is, is just, I mean, ballsy and just doesn't care. Stokes got right in between the knife and Angel Mike goes, put that thing away. You're not going to use it. Like, all right, well, <laughs> like I put it away. Obviously, as as Brian still has all of his intestines, so he didn't get knifed. But <laughs> thank God he survived to give you beatus. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, fan experience, fan interaction. I don't know. I might be the only person in the world that'll say this, but doesn't fan interaction make you guys uncomfortable? No. Sometimes. Well, sometimes. By and large, no. As long as people know the right. T as long as they don't linger. Like, if somebody wants to come over and say, hey, I like you, or hey, your character makes me mad, cool, cool. Hey, good show, awesome. I want to shake your hand, cool. It's when, like, so I'm really good at, A, handing off. I don't know if you've ever seen me do the handoff. <laughs> so uh, the handoff works like this. Um, let's say, Derek, you're a fan who's, you know, not all there. And you're like, yeah, yeah, really good show. When are you guys going to get, like, The Rock up here or something like I don't know, but this guy actually knows the rock. Hey, you guys <laughs> and I'm gone. So that was a little bit more of an extreme version, but you understand how it works. I, I connect dots, and 
and can slip out. So, or, or I'll I'll politely end a conversation without saying, "Well, I'm done talking." But, dude, thanks for coming out, man. I can't wait. I'll, I'll see you next month. Cool. And if I turn and start another conversation and you're still lingering, that's uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm gonna hang out in the locker room as long as I possibly can. And that's why I prefer, far prefer being heel to a baby face. Sure. Because I can hang out in the locker room. I don't have to go out for intermission. You I don't have to sell go... gimmicks. And... Yep. Don't so to... what do you think about heels selling gimmicks since we're on the subject? Because, again, we grew up we grew up in the age of kayfabe, right? Yep. And why would we want, I mean, obviously right. the company wants shirts to be sold, but why would we want to try to sell to you when we just told you guys you suck and we want you to die? If you're actively going out and trying to sell your I don't mind you having gimmicks because yes. make the money that yes. you need. But if you're the person who's sitting at the table and you're trying to sell your gimmicks and you're a heel, it's not it's not the place to we did right. that at an RWA show, but we managed to stay heel the entire time. Right. <laughs> sure. Right. So Cause otherwise if you aren't gonna do that and play the bit, somebody should be selling your gimmicks for you, not you, right? I mean that's right. kinda how I feel about it. Yes. That. Absolutely. Um, I guess the only memorable fan experience I have is also in Racine. It was the Racine Street Festival for SSW. Uh, and I was doing the very, very short-lived security gimmick that I did. Uh, and I yelled at a, a young child who cried a lot. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm going to rip your head off! You know, that sort of thing. And then uh, he ran and told his parents, who told their friends, and uh, I had to leave out the back door <laughs> because I wasn't going to make it through the streets because apparently that was a child of one of the Racine firefighters. And there was a, oh. a gang of firefighters that Oops. were waiting for me. You see, and, and if you're... So to that point, though, if you're uncomfortable with fan interaction, the, the job you don't want is ring announcer. Because I feel like half of my job is to glad hand and take messages to give back to the promoter. You are the ambassador. I am. And, and in a lot of times I have to correct people because they assume that, like, somehow I run the company or have something. Like, you know, I'll pass it on. Thank you, but I'm just the ring announcer. You know. Well, you're there. You're dressed up. They, like, they're assuming you're some official super right. capacity. Well, not only that, but, like, and I don't know how it is for you at, say, BCW or uh, up in Oshkosh, but, like, for Armani... You're basically the matchmaker too, like in their eyes, yes. because you announce things as they unfold in front of them. And I'll make a match on the spot sometimes. Right. Yeah. So, like in that particular case, I can see it. Sure. But yeah, that makes sense for that one. But like, even like at at, at the BCW shows, I have no. We have a commissioner and Frankie. Like clearly, I'm just the ring. Like if you're just playing the the storylines, right? right? I'm just the ring. I'm like, hey, you guys. Uh, when are you going to do this? When you know? And if it's stuff like, hey, when's the next show? I know the answer to that. I'm the ring announcer. But if it's like, you know, ideas for book, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm not the guy. <laughs> I, I, you know, why, you should sign so-and-so from Oscar. I'm not, I'm, that's not me. You know. Okay. All right, what do we got? Uh, Dirk, back in that. All right. Nope, sweet. Not look directly into the hat. Don't do it. I'm trying to find one. That's one. Yeah, sticky. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Worst match style. Examples like dog collar, blindfold, manager in a cage. Okay, blindfold is the worst. There's <laughs> never been a blindfold match that is watchable. Well, I was in a blindfold match. 
was alright. I thought it got over. It gets over if you do it the right way. Perhaps. But I don't like... It's unwatchable to me. That's cool, baby. <laughs> Why are you Bootsy Collins? Don't Bootsy Collins. And I think dog collar matches you can say... I mean, chain matches I like. Bull rope matches I like because you're by the... Rip, but when you're connected by the neck, it is a little hard to... Because no matter who you are and no matter how big your neck is and how... You're... There's always in the back of your mind that, oh, but be careful. I don't want to get my neck jerked the wrong way. Right. So I think you can sometimes, if, again, if it's not done the right way, you can feel it even with the guys in the ring. Like, they're not 100% committed. They might be 90% committed to this idea, but you can tell they're not 100. The other one that sucked donkey ass was the scaffold matches. The yeah, even if somebody took the plunge. That was the only payoff, but because everybody was terrified, <laughs> right. rightfully so. Right. Right. Rightfully so. Those were because those scaffold matches were back in the late '80s. They were probably thirty feet above the ring with really no guardrail and no padding beneath, and they would rarely get off their knees. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, oh, they yeah. were they were crawling around punching. And yeah, the of it. I don't blame. Them. Yeah, I don't either. No, but that, that. <laughs> but that match was just they were hard to watch because you. You knew that you weren't going to get any real cool stuff out of it unless Cornette took the plunge and then broke his yeah. leg doing Coxics. it. So, what about you? Matches you don't like? I hate lumberjack matches. Okay. Because <laughs> they almost always end the same way. A big schmoz on the outside, and then one of the lumberjacks with a grudge slides in and hits one of the guys in the match with the ref not looking because there's 19 other guys on the floor fighting. Excuse me. And then they take it home from there. Well, what about if you booked it where the lumberjacks start fighting and in the brouhaha they leave one of their lumberjack axes on the apron <laughs> and then the ref is watching the brouhaha and then the heel takes the axe. I don't like And murders the guy. <laughs> I feel like I don't like you right now. <laughs> and in defense, there is, I was actually involved in a lumberjack match that did not end that way at all. It was probably like the fourth show I ever worked for Ace Spade, and the main event was Steve Stardom versus a guy named Soul Brother. Two minutes before the main event, most of us were changed and ready to go, and they're like, oh, this lumberjack match, we need all you guys outside. Oh, okay, cool. So we throw gear back on, go up. It ended in a count-out, because why the fuck not? And they didn't tell us that. So Steve Stardom and dude just start fighting the outside, we're pulling as hard as we can to get him back and if that is your defense <laughs> of lumberjack matches. No, not at all. I'm you just have saying that failed it miserably. No, what I'm just saying that's not how they always end. What about a lumberjack <laughs> strap match, which doesn't necessarily have to have a gimmick involved or somebody with a grudge, but just the punishment of the guys getting strapped. It's a little different. It's not too bad. Uh, strap matches and I had one for our CCW. The hardest part about a strap match is actually keeping the fucking strap on you. <laughs> sure. And being able to work with it and, like, trying to be cool when it comes off and put it back on without people and, like, you know, noticing. Not knocking out your opponent. <laughs> and then shitting on his life because he doesn't know where he is. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, to me, I'm going to throw one at you. Uh-huh. Just for a, a crowd reactionary standpoint, just to think about Texas death matches. With the ten with the count. Ten count. I don't mind them. Eh, it's all right. But come on. Really? By the time you're just waiting. One. You know, 
It's the same thing Except, in a boxing match. No, it's a fucking title. I don't want to watch boxing either. Well, it's just the last man standing. So what's, what's the what would be the actual difference. difference? Yeah, it's the same thing. They didn't have last man standing in the eighties. They Good had point. Texas death matches. <laughs> cold miner, cold miner glove match. Pretty shitty. <laughs> uh, Anything on a pole. What if, yeah, okay, yeah. so here, how about this idea? Have you heard this one before? I want, I'm sure I have, but go right ahead. <laughs> I wanted to do a match where we have like a skinny manager named like Joey Shipminski, who's Polish. <laughs> and you hang him on a pole. And you have a pole on a pole match. God. And if you unhook him, you can use him as a weapon. What, what do you think? <laughs> We did shows for so long with a Polish guy. <laughs> I feel like Joey Shitminski's former name was Joey Shitminskiewicz. <laughs> <laughs> is there is oh, match matches you just any kind the uh, gimmick wise any kind of the the tuxedo slash evening gown? There's no point. Uh, let's see some clothes. What if Bob Connell is announcing it? God, that would feel. <laughs> Why aren't these men nude? Yeah, the, right? Well, what's the point? Put a erection under the table. <laughs> the joke, the inside joke there is the Folly Dangerously Jim Cornette tuxedo match, which was at Great American, American Bash 89. Yeah. And the, the line in there was the match had been going for a couple minutes and they were still fully clothed. So Bob Connell said, Good. Let's see, <laughs> let's see some coals come off. And Jim Ross like, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, I, those yeah those those tend to become trite because I I can't understand if I hate you so I hate you. It's, right. It's the build up. It's supposed to be the ball off of a feud. I hate you so much, but instead of knocking you off, I want to take your clothes right. off. Like I know it's that so it was done in like mid south with DiBiase and Duggan, but typically it's not done with like actual wrestlers it's usually done with like the managers or right uh in, in an evening gown dress you usually got like sure. valets or what have you but yeah it's it's pretty shit i was gonna say texas tornado but i wasn't sure if anyone would know what that is nah, so. no clue maybe <laughs> isaac can tell me. do you guys have any uh do you guys understand the appeal to like a mud wrestling or a jello wrestling yeah, it's boobs. <laughs> yeah but they're not really not it's not good all right you ever seen Stripes? <laughs> yeah, Remember I've seen Stripes. Remember about Stripes? Yeah. Okay. Remember when Dewey Oxburger was mud wrestling them whores? <laughs> I just don't think it's hot. <laughs> no, it's not. But, like, right. other people clearly do. If yeah, I want to see boobs, I want to see them looking nice. Right. So I I like the chain. I've always liked chain matches just as a thing, like the steel chain but I remember back to a time where I was booked in a chain match and the promoter forgot a chain. So he got a yellow plastic chain <laughs> that, that you'd see at a bank. And that's what we were forced to use for a I chain hope, I hope you took it and hung yourself. <laughs> it was pretty bad. But otherwise, by and large, there's a lot of different things you can do for finishes, I think, right. in there. Cage matches are always great. But, but now let me ask you guys right this. Right now they're not. Let me ask. Let me ask you this: cage match. Okay. Did you prefer the traditional cage match style from the from the beginning of time until 1984, where you pinned your guy in a cage, or did you like the WWF version where they had the shitty blue cage where you were supposed to escape? I don't like the escape cage. Pinfall. So it's the point: is you're supposed to make sure the guy stays Can't and doesn't escape. get away. I don't That's... mind the stipulation. 
that you can escape, but I hated that cage. I did too. That cage was bullshit. The yeah. blue one? Yeah. 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 It looked like it hurt like hell to yeah. get thrown into. But that's not what a cage match is. And that, ca- that cage was literally, our guys are old and they're all meatheads and can't really climb, so we need an actual Everybody's ladder. 300 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not climbing a cage. <laughs> I, I love the heel. When a heel would go over in a traditional cage, and they would do this in Memphis, for example, there'd be like an uh, eight-man tag, and one of the faces would turn heel, and he'd handcuff the other faces, and they'd do a five-on-three beatdown, and people would try to get in to help, and they couldn't because they were locked in a cage. Right. That was the whole allure of the cage. The Jerry Lawler-Austin idol match. Like, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the cage in Memphis didn't just fit onto the ring. It was a lot like the Hell in a Cell where there was space in between the ring <laughs> and the crowd. Sure. And it was Jerry Lawler versus Austin Idol, and Austin Idol guaranteed that he'd refund everybody's money if he didn't shave Jerry Lawler's head. <laughs> so towards the end of the match, Tommy Rich, who hit under the ring the entire night, <laughs> came out, they double-teamed, and shaved Lawler's head. Nice. nice. And they could not get out of the cage because they were going to die. Right, <laughs> right. Well, that was the cool part. Like wrestling back then, it was so easy to get the fans worked up into a lather. And maybe that's why I like the Jim Crockett stuff because you'd watch the, sh- the live events and people were in every every punch. They were living and dying on everything, and they took it a little too seriously. Even the old WWF stuff that Bill Watts would talk about, where in Washington they'd want to knife him. Because he was wrestling uh, uh, Ernie Ladd, and he called him something on TV, which wasn't even the bad word, but it was enough to incite a riot. Or in Mexico, where they literally want to kill you if you're a Rudo. Like, so yeah, it's scary, but at the same time, it's like, wow, these people are, wow, they're bought in. They're not <laughs> yeah. just sitting there going, meh, I saw that. Yeah, do another flip. Like yeah, you said, those meh. are the ones that came to watch the wrestling, to get into it. They didn't come to sit and be smarks and yeah, right pick everything apart. By the way, just because you brought up the WWWF, uh-huh. I've been watching a little of that on the network. Uh-huh. I was alive then, but it blows my mind to see people smoking cigars in the front row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really does. It's like, holy shit, I, I forgot all about that that was a thing. And though I was never a WWF fan until later on, I mean, I, didn't, I, I knew about it, I would watch it occasionally on Sunday, but... I told you, like, the Jim Crockett stuff was my was my jam. And the world-class stuff on Saturday night on Channel 18, that was my stuff. WWF was just, it was kind of a, a, a appetite, it was a dessert. It was, yeah, it's there, I'm going to watch it because it's wrestling. But um, but the one thing I always marked out for is when primetime wrestling emanated from Madison Square Garden because I love the bell. Okay. For whatever That's, reason. Yeah. Uh, it was probably no different than the bell everywhere else. It was probably just the acoustics of the building. Well, and it was the, it wasn't the ding. It was like ding, ding, right, ding. It was like a slower, rhythmic, yeah. weird bell. But anyway, <laughs> what are we what are we looking at for time? That's about it. I'll tell you what. He don't get here off. Let's do one more topic and we'll take it home. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do, we're doing an extended. We're going into overtime, everybody. Ooh. We'll even let the guest pick it again. <laughs> Put your eye off to the side there. I see you looking in the hat. It's a cute hat. It went on a very tiny hat. Okay, because it's been more one. Best celebrity president. Perfect. <laughs> I think the context of the question is what celebrity would make the best president. Ah, that makes sense. Okay. 
Um, well, obviously, let's get the ones out of the way that have been talked about. Not Oprah. I'm not digging it. No. Um, Tom Hanks is the guy. Wait but, a minute. Wait, wait, wait. How are you going to just blow off Oprah? <laughs> Let me ask you this. That why does was it, on TV giving shit out all why the time. It, I want some stuff. <laughs> Listen, why does anybody think a celebrity would make a good president at first? But they they don't, don't. And don't use our current president as an example because everybody hates the fact that he doesn't act presidential. So why? Why would? Why? What about Reagan? Was he a celebrity, though? Kind of a movie star. He was. Being and then he retired, and then he was governor, and then True. he was president. Like, he worked the political system before he right. got up there. Right. Like, he, he didn't just come off the set and go, hey, everybody, vote for me. Right. Like, you know, he kind of eased into that spot. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And, and to be quite honest, half the world hates Reagan, too. So, I mean... I, and that's going to be with every president, right? No matter who the president is, half of the country is going to hate or disagree with. Maybe hate's a strong word, but disagree with, right? Yeah. I mean, at least 51% or at least 49% of the country is going to be like, I didn't want that person. They got that serious talk about The Rock possibly running. Yeah, why? Hogan why? pulled that gimmick too. Remember in like, the late 90s, Hogan was on Jay Leno saying he was going to try to run too? Yeah, but that was. Yeah. Bob Backlund was too, but here's the, but here's the thing. <laughs> I thought for Bob Backlund sure just Bob was trying to be mayor of Cincinnati. <laughs> people, people, the people who want to, um, who mentioned the Rock, a lot of them are wrestling fans. Yeah, I like the retire. He'll smack your your face, you jabroni. We've yeah. got that now. Right. It's not working. Right. We don't need that. Good old Trumpsky just challenged Joe Biden to right. fight on the White House lawn. How about like? <laughs> Look, I really did. There's pay-per-view it's right the there. Thing that happened. I didn't make that up. I, Dude, seriously, make that pay-per-view charge. We'll fix the deficit. No problem. There you go. <laughs> or build that wall. Whatever you think. Spend the money on it. Mean. I just think that. I mean, and I, more this porn is, stars. This is not on the topic, so we'll all come out of here naming somebody that we think should be president, even though that's going to be a bad choice. But I don't really want a celebrity. I want more than two choices. That's right. what I want. Right. We're the most advanced country. We've got the most luxury and of and the, the some of the biggest shitholes in the same borders. But whatever. We have the availability to have the best of anything and we give our people two choices hmm. to vote for. Right. And those two choices are way more similar than we like to admit when you get behind the curtain. Oh, the last oh. election, it was a Stephen Pilot shit versus a flaming <laughs> bag of shit. Right. I mean. So, until we fix it, how about we fix that? And maybe if one of these celebrities wants, to, like Jesse Ventura, when he was starting his third party, I didn't, I wasn't going to vote for Jesse Ventura for president, but I liked the concept of having a third choice. Yeah. And, you know, England has, what, five legitimate parties? Why can't we have three? And they're bullshit over there anyway. There's no countdown to that royalty bullshit. Well, that's, yeah, that's a whole other story. So if I had to pick somebody, it won't be Jack Black. Good call. Um, but just as a callback to something earlier, I'm going to go ahead and say that it should be Jason Bateman because he's a good straight man. What the fuck? He'll just play it right down the middle. I can see that you're in the fucking Bateman pocketbooks. <laughs> I'm just saying. Off fucking sacks of coins at your house. I'm just using, the, I, in all seriousness, I'm using your criticism of him that he's just kind of the straight guy. Well, I want that right now. I want somebody who's like, 
Where was she? There like, was that time he tried to bang that underage lesbian. <laughs> and speaking of lesbians, why is it I feel like every time you mention Jason Bateman, you get to bang his sister Justine? As long as it's not <laughs> Tina Yather. Yikes. Well, at least, how about Martin Sheen? He's at least played a good president on TV. He'll be dead soon. <laughs> well, and his son's Charlie. Well, I just looked the other day. Emilio Estevez looks like Martin Sheen <laughs> when the West Wing started. So, plus he knows Goldberg. That's true. <laughs> how about Bill Goldberg? No. No. Hard no. How about Big Tasty? <laughs> <laughs> how about Jeff Garland? Okay. Sure. Would that be any different than what they have? No, right? seriously, I want you to picture this for me. For anybody <laughs> who's ever watched Curb, mm-hmm. okay? So, uh, just give me a topic that the president would have to have a speech on. Uh, the deficit. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the president of the United States. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds right. Jack Spade, celebrity. Oh, God. I don't know. Celebrity presidents. Jeez. What about Shaq, bro? Oh, Shaq would be oh a good choice. Oh, my God, Shaq would be I prefer Charles Barkley, though. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> okay, so since we're on that sidebar, these co- I, don't, I know you guys aren't basketball fans, but you've, I like seen, basketball. you've seen the Capital One commercials with Barkley, Samuel L. Jackson. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, can they make Charles Barkley look any stupider? Oh, he does a fine job on his own. <laughs> I mean, and, and for guys who really, maybe not Barkley so much, but Samuel L. Jackson and Spike Lee, who really, you know, were image conscious and and tried to be leaders in, in, in the community and still do that, boy, they look really stupid in those commercials. Like, they really do. What about OJ? They just re-ran that <laughs> confession last night. <laughs> if he can get away with that. Of course he can. A man, yeah. if he was already found not guilty. I, I've seen he, Double Jeopardy the movie too. All right, but, <laughs> I know. But how can you vote for a guy who wasn't smart enough to beat the rap of trying to get his memorabilia back? <laughs> well, because you can't just walk into places with guns. And say, Give me my shit, motherfucker. That's what we need. In the White House. That's we what we have. We don't need so we that. Need, we need Samuel Jackson, actually. Though. Yeah, that would be <laughs> Get, get this motherfucking, motherfucking treaty motherfucking off my motherfucking <laughs> desk. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity president there. That's a Martin Sheen. That was oh, the yeah, okay. best, that that was best I can come up with. All right. So Martin Sheen, Jason Bateman. What was yours again? Uh, I think I went with Charles Barkley. <laughs> or OJ. Or OJ. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have? I said something before, but I, I'd like to change my vote to Shaq. Meryl Streep? <laughs> Definitely not Meryl Streep. I want the big Aristotle. <laughs> oh, you said Jeff Garland. I did say. Yeah, Jeff you Garland. said Jeff Garland. Jeff Goldblum. There we go. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to decline. Did you? Did anybody see Thor Ragnarok? Yes. yes. Your thoughts on Jeff Goldblum and that? Not terrible. Yeah. I mean, they just—I don't even know if they gave him a script. <laughs> So, Just go do stuff. So, anybody at this table other than me in the 80s or after, obviously, read any Thor comic books? No. I no. have read okay. Thor comics. I've read a couple. If Thor were as entertaining as he is in the goddamn movies, I would have bought Thor comic books. Because <laughs> those comic books suck. They're, they're so dry. They are awful. He's... It's... The worst Marvel shit that I ever read in the 80s. But the movies are great. Is it still better than Aquaman? 
Well, Aquaman was DC. What about yeah. Namor the Submariner? He always had an attitude. He was like Aquaman with an attitude. He was right. a bitch. Oh! <laughs> he fucked up oh. this woman. Did she think he was a bitch? Yes. She, had a guy she went who, back to read. So. She had a guy who could stretch his dick to unbelievable lengths, <laughs> and she's fucking fish guy. Yeah, but sometimes you don't want all that penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... And we're back to who you gave for, everybody. <laughs> and if you're invisible, like, if you're an invisible woman, I bet she can fake it. <laughs> She just. <laughs> oh, where'd she go? I wonder if she could make if she, when she wanted to go invisible, she had to do what uh, Bert did in Soap. <laughs> Don't remember. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, go. It, soap was a show in the late seventies, early eighties, which was a parody of soap operas. It was I, a complete farce. Bert uh, had a gimmick where he had some mental issues, and he thought he could make himself invisible, but he couldn't. And all he would do is snap his fingers like this, and. <laughs> Pretend to be invisible while everybody in the room still saw it. So now you have reference. You can go look that up on YouTube or FaceTime or whatever. Yes, and you can find another unfunny actor known as Billy Crystal. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he is in there. What's City Slickers? City Slickers was good. Other than that, Charlie's Go. The second one was not going to tell me some fucking Billy Crystal shit. At least hit me with Running Scared, right? Yeah, with uh, Gregory Hines. That's at least a decent movie. Yeah, Gene Wilder was always good. I feel like he, would, he wasn't on soap. I feel like Gene Wilder <laughs> played the almost slightly neurotic, but not Woody Allen neurotic, and he'd have like that weird panicky thing he in every movie. Do that in Blazing Saddles? Yeah, maybe not. He did it with all the prior movies, though. He didn't do it in Young Frankenstein. Okay, in all the Richard Pryor movies, everything that wasn't written by Mel Brooks is basically <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. Correct. Um. So, Gene Wilder, yay or nay? Yay. What about Ben Stiller? Nay. Yeah, see, I agree. Because Ben Stiller, he was the straight guy, too. But but he'd have the one freak-out moment in every movie where he'd go crazy and go apeshit on someone, and that was his big gimmick. That was his one move. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck the Ben Stiller. Who's the guy who invented Krav Maga? I think it was Billy Crystal. He should be president. Well, there you go. Jack Palance. Jack Palance knew Krav Maga? He invented it. <laughs> he should have used that on the Joker. Taught it to Daniel Stern. Well, he, he should have certainly used it on Maru. So, we have uh, steered this ship into the port one more time. Only a few more dents in it. One big gaping gash gorge on the side that going quickly. took on a little bit of water. But we'll fix it up. We'll hire some union guys and... Scott... <sighs> Harley Hellcat. So for Harley Hellcat, who contributed today, Vic DeGrasse, Jack Spade, Derek Martini, our good friend from the North Woods of Lacrosse. There's really no woods up there. It's actually West. Good foliage. Pretty West, yeah. Good foliage. Fuck your foliage. I'm uh, I've been Hotshot Scott Williams, and this has been the Ross Family Podcast. We'll see you next time.